on guard. Pray. Ale. Welcome to the Tokyo 2020 Fencing Podcast. I'm Karim. Hi, I'm Dave. Dave, uh, triple header, so uh, let's just get tucked straight into it. We're going to focus on women's sabre in this episode. Uh, and we've just uh, had the Salt Lake City World Cup. In fact, the second Salt Lake City World Cup of 2019 because of a, a jiggle around in the FIE calendar. But it definitely is part of Olympic qualification. Um, we'll start with the uh, the team event, uh, which France won looking in great form. And there was also a brilliant performance from Hungary, who made second place. Uh, and the USA came in third, beating Ukraine. Now, before Salt Lake City, Russia, Korea, France and Italy occupied the top four spots. Ukraine, China, USA and Tunisia were in the zonal qualification spots. So, Dave, uh, a good competition. But some interesting results. Um, how have things been affected? Let's start with that top four. Yeah, so probably a day to forget for the Russians. Um, so yeah. so they uh, they lead off. I mean, they're still they're still number one on our rankings. But uh, yeah, lost um, uh, lost you know with a fairly critical uh, result, which we'll discuss later, I'm sure, to, to Ukraine, um, and then didn't, didn't win again. So they finished eighth. France had a fantastic day. So they uh, they showed the form that they're, they're certainly capable of. Um, and really have consolidated that second uh, second place position on our rankings, um, followed by the, the two teams that were there already, but just a bit further back. So that's uh, Korea and Italy. Yeah, I mean, uh, those top four have remained the top four, but a bit of a jiggle around with France overtaking Korea uh, by virtue of, of that win, closing the gap on Russia. But look, even though the Russians um, had a bit of a nightmare, um, they they can't be caught. Surely France can't catch them. I don't. Oh well, I mean they certainly can. Um, you know, you'd have to have a few more days like that. And France, you know, two thousand and eighteen world champions, so um, shows that you know that they can win and, and win pretty regularly. But I think you're now pretty certain that both Russia and France will both be there and both be in that top four position. That's for sure. Yeah, and so you mentioned uh, the quarterfinal loss uh, of Russia to Ukraine. Interestingly, Velikaya was benched for that match, and actually, I didn't see her return to the piece afterwards in the placings matches. Yeah, I didn't uh, didn't get an update on whether that was an injury or not. Um, I mean, they've got a lot of depth though. Um, obviously, with the Gorian coming back and uh, Poznikova amongst others. Um, but yeah, I mean, clearly losing Velikaya is a huge, huge loss. Well, I think the thing the thing that I saw was that no one was really talking about injury. They were just saying she wasn't fencing very well. And if you look at the individual result, and I know we'll come into that, um, she wasn't on her greatest form in Salt Lake City. So perhaps it was a, a forced substitution for tactical reasons rather than an injury. Yeah, maybe just a bad day. Yeah. What about Korea? I mean, Korea uh, bombed out, uh, finished sixth in the end, still uh, ahead of China. Uh, but I suppose the question really is, uh, with Hungary's result, uh, is there a chance that Korea and perhaps Italy drop out of the top four? Oh, I mean, there's a chance. I think there's the, the issue is is that who are the teams that are going to replace them? I'd say mm. Italy's probably Italy's probably the the team with the most to lose. Um, Korea is still you know twenty points ahead of Italy, which means that they're thirty points ahead of the nearest rivals. That's that's quite a lot. I mean, we'll come. We'll speak about Hungary, Hungary's um, uh, results in a minute. But you're going to need you're going to need medals from Hungary, Ukraine, USA, China to really disrupt that top four. 
Yeah, so it's it's interesting times, and you, you mentioned uh, Italy there. Let's let's just close that out. The top four out. They finished fifth. Uh, with both Hungary and Ukraine doing better, um, hence why you're suggesting perhaps they're the ones looking over their shoulder. Uh, but let's let's move straight into Europe. Uh, a chunky one in the semi-finals as well. Hungary going up against Ukraine uh, in those semi-finals in a all to play for uh, win for that European spot. And it, one thing that I want to say before I sort of ask you to jump into that one is that it seems to me that. Uh, Every time Hungary do well, this season, when Hungary have done well, Ukraine have matched them. Uh, this was a real opportunity because they faced each other to make a big difference. Yeah, it's interesting. So, I mean, they've fenced each other now twice. Um, they had a very close match at the World Championships together where um, Lisa Pushtai fenced fantastically well and, um, and again, fenced out of her skin. Um, maybe we could talk tactics and not having, uh, not having Olga Karlin fencing off that last match. Um, something to think about. Uh, yeah, I think you're right there. But what's what's it telling is that um, for as long as I can remember, when uh, Ukraine are one, two, three, Karlan has not gone in as the anchor. She she finishes in the eighth leg, and I'm guessing that's because um, she picks up legs three, five, and eight when yeah. they're one, two, three. And it, I, I guess it smacks of Ukrainians thinking. We can't have Carlan's fights too far apart because if she was to anchor, she'd go first and last, and then, uh, and then be in, in leg real. five. Yeah, that's it. Maybe yeah, that's how she prefers it. Prefers to get it done and dusted and build up a nice lead. And I mean, I'm not suggesting that Komashuk's a you know a poor fencer either. Um, but you know, you only get you only get sort of a once in a generation fencer like Ol- Olga Carlan every so often. Um, I think she'd be sort of my bet to you know score those last five touches in a team event. Yeah, I think you're right, and and actually, when you look at the uh, the lineup between Hungary and, and Ukraine, I was lucky enough to be there, so I've actually got the score sheet right in front of me. Uh, Kailan finished on a minus five indicator, wow. so actually, going uh, in the eighth leg didn't really pay off for her or for Ukraine. No, it's tough, and I guess you know when when you you know have a Hungarian team with with a couple of superstars as well, so uh, Anna Marton and and Lisa Pushta. You know, you are whether you're fencing the second to last leg or you are fencing the last leg as anchor. You know, you are going up against one of those two very strong fences, presumably. So maybe doesn't give you that. You know, maybe traditionally you put your best fencer on for the eighth leg to to to, to you know build that lead, give your you mm. know, your fencer something to defend. But I'm not sure. You know, whether I'd rather fence Lisa Pushtai or Anna Marton. To be honest, they're both incredibly strong fences. So maybe you don't get that benefit with that Hungarian team. And I mean, you yeah. can only you can only look at what what's happened so far. But the two times they fenced each other uh, this year, uh, it's both been very close, and both times Lisa pushed those fences really well on the last leg. Well, that's for sure. So uh, Hungary came into the competition trailing Ukraine for that European spot by seven points. Uh, that win and then going on to make uh, a silver medal means they finish uh, nine points uh, above. Uh, Ukraine now. So Hungary have j- jumped up into the European spot. But uh, for me, Ukraine's still in with a massive shout. Uh, so look, let's quickly just shift on to Pan Am. A great third place finish for the USA. Uh, so in terms of uh, building a big enough gap against Canada, they've done that, right? Oh, yeah, easily. Um, I mean, I just it's, I had to look this up because I saw the USA on the podium, great result for them, especially at a home World Cup. They haven't had a World Cup medal in two and a half years. 
I mean, isn't that astonishing? I mean, this is we used to be one of the best teams in the world. Um, great to see them on the podium. Great to see them, you know, celebrate something at home. Uh, I mean, they're a much better team than the Canadians, realistically. So that's just sort of locking it in. Um, are they good enough to get into the top four and give Canada a lifetime, a lifeline? Yeah, Canada will be cheering them on, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, without Canada winning or meddling in a couple of events, and you've got to say that's pretty unlikely. Um, without the USA being in the top four, Canada as a team won't go to the Olympic Games. Yeah, interesting times uh, there. It'd be interesting to see whether the USA can kick on from that result. I didn't know it was two and a half years since uh, uh, a World Cup podium. That, that's that's quite incredible. And uh, I'm sure Canada will be cheering on the USA, but they look like they're going to the Olympic Games in the United States of America. So Asia, um, China, 32 points clear of Japan. And for me, uh, certainly on current form of the better team, um, but it's still all to play for in the Asian spot because of the potential threat of Korea dropping out of the top four. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Japan are your dark horse team, aren't they, Bash? And haven't quite done what um, what we wanted them to do, I think, would be the fairest uh, fairest way to put it. Yeah, they're, they're, they're running out of time, Yeah, no, that's for sure. That's... They're running out of time. Yeah, I think now China have got this nice healthy gap um, over Japan. 32 points is, is gigantic. And so the question then is, do you think Korea can hold on to that top four spot, given the fact that uh, it looks like they're going to be finishing in positions five to eight at the very best. And one mistake, one slip up going out in a 16 could be a massive problem for them. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to become a real problem if you look at like maybe we get a Hungary-Ukraine final or something and they both go mega points. Mm. Then that gets really interesting. Um, Yeah, it's, it's not that. I mean, it's a big lead. It's definitely a big lead. But it's different to like the big lead in the Canadian when we talk about the Canadian situation because the, the prospect of medals, you know, it's, it's pretty low to, to, be, to be fair. Whereas you look at the Hungarian team, they've shown that they can win medals. You look at the Ukraine team, of course that team can win medals. And that's the real differentiating factor in terms of getting mega points to be able to really disrupt the table. I think anything could happen. This is going to be fun, right down to the yeah. It's it's an interesting one, isn't it? With, with another sort of Asian European battle, both going on within continent and uh, intracontinent as well. Uh, but uh, we've got to talk about Africa as well to round off the zones. Uh, Tunisia holding on to uh, their African qualification spot, but can they stay in the top sixteen? Well, that was my nice. That was a nice, one of my nice little surprises of the weekend, to be honest. Um, mm. Tunisia had a uh, had a great win over Venezuela. I'm not sure I would have necessarily picked that at the start of the day, forty five forty four. And so that yeah, that keeps them keeps them very comfortable inside the top sixteen. Um, one more of those, I reckon, two to go. So I reckon. I mean, if I was a betting man, I'd say they need to win one more last thirty two match, and then they'll go. The Olympics. Okay. Well, you heard it here first. So after uh, Salt Lake City, Russia, France, Korea and Italy are the top four teams uh, occupying those provisional automatic qualification spots. Hungary, USA, China and Tunisia take up the zonal spots. So uh, we move on to the individual competition. Uh, another fine day for Olga Harlan and uh, boy, she needed it. Yeah, I mean, no, no Ukraine team um, means that our world number one, our world champion, our winner in Salt Lake, you know, thinks she needs to go to the Olympics, right? Uh, so that's the first name on the European team sheet. Um, 
Yeah, beforehand it was Pascu and Contura, but because Ukraine have dropped out of that team position, Haaland sitting right at the top is, is qualified automatically. Uh, Pascu did uh, well enough a, a, a finish in the 32, and so did Contura, but because of that, the net result is that Pascu picks up the second spot and uh, Contura uh, is, is eliminated as things stand. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is why the teams are so important, because, you know, you'd asked me last time, um, what was going to happen in the individual, and you say, oh, this is all quite stable. Um, you know, our world championship bronze medalists, Pascal Gontura, they're both sort of matching each other. They both made the 32 in Salt Lake. They're doing great. They're fine. But now you rip away that uh, Hungarian, sorry, rip away that Ukraine place, suddenly we're missing somebody. Uh, six points, seven points? No, sorry, my mistake. Six points um, difference between uh, that Pascal has over Gontura. Not impossible, but... Um, uh, you know, they're running out of time, and only one Grand Prix left for the for the women's Sabres. So there'll be uh, there'll be something to watch there if uh, if there's no Ukraine team, that's for sure. And it really hurts um, Navarro, for example, who is now not mm. just not just uh, uh, not just you know thirty points back or twenty five points back. Uh, now he's you know quite a long way away. So and really just makes that impossible. So well, the interesting thing as well is that. Uh, you know, we, we we have to start to discuss um, the what ifs, and Hungary have qualified as a team, but that, that's by no means confirmed. We've got two more World Cups to go. Marton and Pushtai are going to be thinking about those individual results still. Same, same, same problem. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess the real question as well is that: Do we have a Tunisian team? Do we have that bonus place? You yeah. know what really happens there. Because uh, there's a lot of strong individuals and a lot of them are at risk. And most of that action is happening at the team event, not the individual event. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, let's uh, go on to uh, Pan Am then. Uh, the Pan Am situation. I mean, to be honest with you, Pan Am, Asia uh, and Africa, there's been no net change. Anything special standing out for you, though? Uh, yeah, good top eight from Imura from Japan. Um so uh, she's putting a little bit more pressure on uh, on Tamura. Uh, so they're now sort of eight points away. So that'll be interesting, um, especially if she's shown that she can get towards the later stages of that tableau. Uh, otherwise, it's pretty stable. I mean, if, if Korea stay in the top four, uh, then definitely one the first fencer is definitely going to be a Japanese fencer. The second place is definitely going to be Bhavani Devi, as far as I can see. Mm. Um, that obviously, you know, Bhavani Devi is probably going to be the you know, turning up with uh, South Korean pom-poms and cheering them on, which is great, <laughs> yeah. um, which is fine. Um, Montessor, it looks like it's going to take the African place so long as there's no, um, so long as Tunisia stay up. If not, then that probably flicks over to, to the African champion, Ben Chabain, uh from Tunisia. But, you know, obviously mm. she doesn't need a place if Tunisia stay in. It's really all dependent on teams. So it, it feels stable and it looks stable. But, you know, you, you, you flick a few of those team scenarios around and then suddenly you know, it all cascades down to a, a vastly different individual table. So I think it's a bit boring, but we'll have to wait and see. Well, there we have it. That's uh, Salt Lake City and the effects of the results there summed up. Um, Dave, what's next for the women's Sabros? Oh, that's a good question, Bash. Where are they off to? I think they're off to Athens. Is that right? 
That's the next World Cup, but they've got one before that, haven't they? Oh, is that the that's the that's the not that's the new GP, right? That's is that Montreal? That's Montreal. There yeah, we go. So they're, they're going off to Montreal. And look, you you you've sort of lent on this a, a little bit that you know it's all important for the teams. But the next uh, competition is the Montreal Grand Prix, and it's just an individual event with super individual points. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how these athletes in these uh, variable positions. Uh, manage that that stress yeah i mean it's one and a half times points it's uh, really the only chance outside of the world championships where you you know get that chance to, to to earn multipliers um and you know one good day will really shake it up um and really then set uh you know the the hypothesis uh or different different hypotheticals for uh for where we're going yeah, inter- interesting stuff for sure. And uh, it, it will be very interesting to see how the Martons uh, push ties and indeed uh, those challenging mm. for the Asian and African places uh, contend. Uh, so uh, that's uh, that's where the Sabreurs are off to next. Um, before we uh, close things off, how's it going with our Patreon supporters, Dave? Yeah, so we've got Ivan, Ivan Wilson's joined our team. Thanks very much, Ivan. Great to have you on board. And then also uh, Remco, Remco Costa. Great to have you here, mate. Thank you, Ivan. Thank you, Aremco. That's very kind of you to support us. We need all the help we can get, as you can probably hear. Um, So it's a multi-podcast weekend for us. Uh, Three competitions, including Salt Lake City. So if you're interested in foil, there'll be a podcast on women's foil uh, after the St. Mao World Cup and a podcast from uh, the Men's Foil World Cup in Tokyo, which... um, it became also the test event for the Olympic Games and uh, some interesting stories coming out from Tokyo as well. But Dave, we've got a little Christmas present for everyone as well. Oh, what's that, Bash? We are going to do a, 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 an all-in-one super Phileas Stockings uh, Christmas podcast where we're going to basically do a roundup of all six disciplines. Now, I promise you, it's not going to go on for hours. We're not actually going to d- break discipline by discipline. What we're going to do is talk about the countries doing really well uh, and those who are perhaps uh, not doing so, so well, as well as uh, some of the surprise packages, both in the team and individual competition. How's that sound to you, Dave? That's what I've been wishing for all year, Bash. Well, I hope you've been a good boy and I hope uh, our audience have all been good girls and good little boys as well. Uh, Thanks for listening. uh, And that's it from us. Uh, Do tune in for the Foil podcast coming very soon. (laughs) 